This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Rich Check Podcast, episode 27. So it's a real deal. Um, if you guys are listening to us sonically, or if you're watching us visually, things are a little bit different. Again. Again. <laughs> I am your host, Rashawn, sitting in the big boy seat today. We have my uh, co-host here. I'm Ben. I'm Perry. We have a special guest. Introduce yourself, sir. I'm Manny Rivera, uh, Captain Manny. Captain, Captain Manny! Manny. <laughs> Woo! I'll drink Woo! that. I like that. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into the meaning of potatoes of things, of course, we have to do our honorary wrist check. Respect. Um, so, uh, Perry, you want to kick it off for us? I'll kick it off. Uh, I do repeat watches. <laughs> uh, so this is a watch I've worn before. I don't, I'm not sure if I've worn this bracelet before, though. So I'm wearing my vintage um, Omega Speedmaster. It's a reference 145.0022. Um, and I'm wearing it on the 1450 Forstner bracelet. Um, a lot lighter than an OG 1450, uh, but super comfortable. Uh, was super affordable. I don't feel bad about messing it up. Um, and it looks handsome on it. I, I love bracelets. I'll do a strap occasionally, but you guys know I'm a bracelet guy. Yeah. And... Um, you know, this is this is this has kind of always been like my go-to beater watch, and I don't mean that in like a derogatory term because it is a Speedmaster, but like in the way that like I wear this fairly often. Yeah, I just enjoy it. About it. Yeah, it's I don't think about it. I just kind of go. It's the one you count. And um, <coughs> I haven't worn it in a couple of weeks actually because I've been rocking that Daytona for a while, um, and I figure I, in the spirit of. Um, the Master of the Chronograph event mm-hmm. we went to for Zenith. Yeah, that was great. Uh, which was a lot of fun. I felt like we're in a, another chronograph that I own, so I threw in my speedy. Nice. Yeah. What you rocking, Ben? Uh, I am wearing a watch that I've actually never worn on the show before. It's a Vacheron 1956. It's handsome. Uh, really good. It's steel. It's a really good price. Also, it's a dress watch. It doesn't feel like a dress watch because it is steel. Mm-hmm. So it's really light. Also, very handsome. You can beat the shit out of it and not feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, went to have some custom straps made for it mm-hmm. the other day. So, there would be some pretty interesting things coming later on. I love that it has a date wheel and no Cyclops. Right. It's perfect. Yes. Yeah. It's a dress watch, but it's more capable than some sports watches. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the only thing that really makes it dressy is that it's on a leather strap. That's but it. I find that to be more casual than a bracelet in most instances, to be honest. What's the water resistant at 100 meters? 100 meters, yeah. You can, yeah, you can do whatever you want with it on pool, beach, if you really want to. It's kind of like their version of Aquanaut. When you think kind about of, it. yeah. And it's they nice. actually do make a rubber strap that'll fit this if you really want yeah, it. Yeah, that so would be pretty can, tight on a rubber strap. Yeah, it can do that if you want. That's pretty sick. So it, it checks all the boxes. No, that's great. Respect. Um, so I guess I'll go next. 
Mr. Never Repeats a Watch. Is this watch number 27? Why don't we, wait, 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 let's, let's, let's get back to you. Let's get, let's get Manny. Okay. Sure? Let's do Manny, because, yeah. Well, let's leave it for last, because it, it's awesome. Yeah. Thank I'm you. I'm checking it out for a while, and it looks pretty good. Thank you. What do you got, Manny? What's uh, on the This wrist? is a two-tone Rolex Explorer 36 millimeters. Nice. Um, a watch I never thought that I would like when it came out. Everyone thought that, oh my God, Rolex gold yeah. on an Explorer, give me a break. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and then you see it in person. Oh, it's awesome. Um, it really is. It feels wrong, but in a good way. Sure. It's the um, right amount of wrong. And yeah, I have a good, that's a good, way I, I have a good story yeah, exactly. how I got it. Um, I was on a layover in Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. and I, I was on my day off. I was bored out of my mind in a hotel in the middle of nowhere, and I got a text message from someone in Maui saying, okay. hey, you know, they have a Explorer two-tone, taxes are lower there. Um, it's tempting. Why don't you check it out? And <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let's go to Maui. It was the middle of the winter. I got on an Alaska Airlines flight to Maui, yeah. jump seated, got there for free, mm -hmm. landed, went to the store, saw the watch, put it on, loved it, bought it. Sold. Yes. I had some pokey. For lunch, <laughs> <laughs> and you came back the same day. Took some wristies, and I got on a Hawaiian flight flight back to Portland. Yeah. Landed at 7 p.m. Wow, wow, and yeah, yeah, and I love it. It's a great watch. The coolest thing too is like I think most people kind of they say, listen, if it's not like a steel explorer or if it's not like a retired 39, then right. I don't want it. And like when they decided to do like the bimetal on the explorer. Of course, like the purists were like, oh, what is that? But then when you see it, it's like, this is actually pretty yeah. damn good. It makes a lot of sense, too. The way I, I take that piece, it's almost like Rolex doing an homage of their, one of their own pieces. Yes. yes. Right? Because you, you, you would not think of an Explorer as being a, a luxury yeah. watch. Yes. That, that wasn't the intention, right? But to add that, that level of flair, right, to take it up a notch and make it two-tone, to me, it's 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 them kind of paying tribute to the history of the Explorer. Yeah, and when this really released, enjoyed. it was the anniversary of the Explorer. It's there 50 we go. years of the Explorer. Yeah. And yeah. to Rashawn's point, I think in 30 years from now, a piece like that is going to be the one that people are going to be like, fuck, I should have got that when I had the chance. Well, because yes. now you can't. Yes. And I feel the same way about the Batman GMT. Like, the Pepsi's been around forever. Black Bezel's been around forever. The Batman is like one of the first new innovations along with this two-tone Explorer that Rolex has ever done. Mm. So when time goes on, people are going to be like, I should have went for that instead. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. And um, people say like, well, it's not a true tool watch. Give me a break. Like, is there anything that the still one can do that this one can do? In fact, I'm looking forward to taking it hiking and traveling and getting it all scratched up. It's going to look even better. Exactly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially on the gold. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. So, um, Mr. Never Repeat to Watch. Never repeat a watch. Watch 27. You, you are also wearing a two-tone A two-tone. I am. This I is am. episode 2 Teasy 27. <laughs> episode 2 Teasy. Me and Manny are kind of like channeling the same energy. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I wanted to wear this um, for our season finale. Um, but, you know, we were hanging out with Rich. Shout out to Rich um, over at Sotheby's. And we had like such a great time that... I, we I didn't ended even, up being outside the whole day. We ended up we ended up being outside all day. We met up with Rich at probably about like noon, and then like now it's we were eating till four o'clock. <laughs> we're eating till four o'clock. It's like you know nine o'clock at night for the guys that are listening in New York City. 
Um, so you could tell we've been outside. There we go. So you um, didn't get a chance to switch watches. So I didn't get a chance to switch watches. Um, I will share uh, another one of my goodies. So I do have. Uh, you know what Dime Piece would say right now? What? Baby's got a Rolex. <laughs> Baby's got a Rolex. <laughs> Shout out to Bryn. Shout out to Bryn. Um, so, you know, sneak peek, I do have at least 28 watches. 28. <laughs> um, the watch that I'm wearing today is actually a um, bimetal uh, 70s uh, Turnograph Datejust. Ooh. This piece, oh, I hate when I say this piece is special. Because you guys it. give me well, slack. This piece, is, special. This piece yeah. is very special. This is your today. first Rolex. So, well, numbers. this is my second Rolex. Excuse me. The first Rolex that I acquired, um, I didn't Don't get it. Don't spoil it if you're going to wear it. Well, I didn't. Well, my first Rolex, I didn't get through like a um, legitimate jeweler. I won't say like legitimate. I'll just say like, you know, I got it like secondhand, and it wasn't like I didn't get to share the moment. Um, this one was sourced um, by um, Analog Shift, um, but you know, the guys over there made me feel very special, and it was something that we could celebrate and enjoy the most and um shout out to James Landon because this piece originally was on leather and that's where I like I loved it so much um but then he said he was like hey man do do you want it do you want this on bracelet and took the timepiece to another level um I knew when I seen this timepiece that this was the one for me I couldn't I couldn't sleep I couldn't eat I couldn't stop thinking about it. No, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. But Ben, but ben can attest to that because I told oh, him, God. I'm like, yo, I want this watch. And exactly he did that. He gave me grease. Oh, gosh. Like, what the heck? Like, you know. Well, that's that's a different story. We'll talk about that later. That's okay. that's, that's, that's a story for a whole different episode. Let's right. not take away from your moment. Yes. Um, but this piece, this piece to me was like the one. And once I seen it, I knew I had to have it. I actually acquired it sooner than I intended to, um, I decided to to eat ramen instead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so no no uh no bondi or uh lore fish bar, we decided to go with um ramen noodles, the uh twenty five cent packs. Oh man, sometimes you just gotta make it happen. Sometimes you just gotta make it happen. You're invested in yourself. It makes, sacrifice. It, it, makes it, it makes it even sweeter. <laughs> it makes it even you. sweeter when you know this is a story that I'll tell my kids, you I mean, know. I'll, I'll trade the pack of ramen noodles for a Thunderbird all day. Oh, one hundred percent. And for everyone out there who's not watching, Rashawn is a big guy and this is a thirty six millimeter watch. And it looks perfect. It looks great it looks yes. Amazing. So no thirty six is not too small. It exactly. looks not too small. Yes. It looks awesome. It looks good. It's very handsome. Yes. 36 to 39. And you know how I feel about uh, vintage Rolexes. I love vintage Rolexes. Yes. I think I'm going to, I think uh, this case this, proportions are always perfect. This it's great. It's moving sparkles. forward, I think I'm just going to collect vintage Rolex, man. Moving oh, forward. Moving forward. It's wow. <laughs> a lot of ramen. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take it to Costco. Yeah. Yo, I'll be eating my shoes. <laughs> yeah. With some A1. It's worth it. Something. <laughs> Shoosh. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. That's thank great. you. Thank you. This is this is very special to me. So it's, you know, we spent enough time on it, but like this was a special moment for me. So thank you guys for making it, you know. This special. This special. <laughs> I'll try my best not very, to use special. special. Everybody gives very, me very grief special. about it. Um, but you know, getting right on to it, you know, I want I want to dive into uh to your story, Manny. Like, what's your origin story? Who are you? Where are you from? Like, where did it all start for you? What's up? You know, my origin story, it's, it's funny you're asking because we've been trying to piece it together now that I, you know, I have kids and like, what am I going to tell them? Mm. Um, but um, 
I grew up in Puerto Rico in the countryside. And um, it's kind of like that Star Wars Luke Skywalker story, like this kid grows up in the countryside and has this hero's journey and finally makes it somewhere. Um, and where I grew up was in the mountains that you'd see the planes fly overhead as they took off from the airport mm -hmm. flying down to South America. Um, but I grew up, you know, I was pretty simple, not poor, but like lower middle class family. Um, and one day my dad got me a computer and I tried out a flight simulator game and I got hooked. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm sure you guys understand that like when you're a child of low means and you know, it, it's being a pilot is something that yeah, it's you so far fetched. Yeah, you yeah. might as well say hey, it's going to be an astronaut. Yeah. It, it's not possible, but we hooked the computer up to the internet <coughs> on dial up. And if you have any young listeners, it was very <laughs> slow. <back laughs> We're very familiar with dial up. Um, and we lived in the countryside. So, you know, you had to try a few times before you could get on the internet. Um, but I started playing a game online and I, played with this fellow who I owe so much mm. and I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's still alive. He was an older gentleman. I was maybe like 15 years old, 16 years old, but he told me, Hey, if you like flying so much, why don't you become a pilot? And I said, I don't know how, like, what do I have to do? And yeah. he, and he told me like, he even like looked it up. Like he called schools in the U S Oh wow! and I talked to my dad and eventually like, this unknown person on the internet that I used to play video games with got me into my first flight school. Like he, he guided us to do it. And I wow. got my first flight lesson when I was 17. It's incredible. Yes. Long story short, I'm now a captain for a Boeing 767 and I fly all over the world. That's awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's, and it's so funny because, you know, when me and Manny were talking and like kind of putting the episode together, it was like, you know, you know, what is your origin story? Like what, you know, what inspired you to kind of go into aviation? Mm -hmm. um, it's not very often that, you know, you do meet a pilot because it is almost well, far-fetched. for him, it's pretty often. Yes. That's a joke. Sorry. But I'm saying, <laughs> no, I, I mean, but I, I, in, in retrospect, it's like, you know, like it, it almost is like being an astronaut. It's like, you know, a guy's like, oh, I want to take it to the skies. And then somebody else is like, I want to take it to the moon. It's mm -hmm. like, you can't even fathom it. Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, that you're able to share this story and, and, um, and just your connection to technology and what brought you into, um, into aviation, but what kind of brought you into, to timepieces? Because they also, you know, are very relative and absolutely share the um, same spirit. I also was a very techie kid. My mom used to fly as a side hustle. She was a housewife, but she, she would fly to New York to visit her family in, uh, in the Heights and I'd come with her and we would go to the um, wholesalers like these Jewish wholesalers and she'd buy a bunch of Casios, the calculator watches, you know, all yeah, those yeah, watches. Yeah. She'd bring maybe like a hundred of them back to Puerto Rico to sell them. There. Mm. And she always let me keep the one I want. Wow. The one, the one I wanted. So I was the first kid at school rocking a calculator watch. You know, those yeah. those still bang today. Yeah. Oh love, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, had, awesome. we had a conversation about that with uh, with Tom from Hasabayo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got into watches. Like my mom would buy a bunch of watches, uh, digital watches, bring them down to Puerto Rico to sell them, and I would keep. I always had a new watch, 
I even had the one where you could change the channels. On the TV? On the TV, oh, you yeah. know? And I'd be that kid in school, like, when they bring out the TV. <laughs> they roll it in? When the teacher didn't oh. want to work, maybe she was hungover, she'd bring the TV out. <laughs> the movie, you know? And I'd be like, turn it in. You know, like, I was being an asshole. That's funny. But, um, yeah, that's how I got into watches then. And I used to play baseball. And one day, a kid showed up with a Victorinox like a Swiss army wow. yes. thing that was very big in the nineties yeah. watch. And I saw that that was the first, it's a quartz watch, but it's the first analog yes. watch that I saw a kid wearing. And I'm like, Oh my God, I gotta have, you that. gotta have it. I gotta have that. And my dad said, if you play a good game, I'll get you one. Nice. And sure enough, I played a good game. We went to like Sears or JC Penny, whatever. Sure. It was <laughs> and he got me one. I wore that thing for like a year until it fucked up. You know, water resistant wasn't very good. I probably banged it around. But yeah, that was my first. Really? I still look for them on eBay. Maybe I'll buy one of those. Ones. There's a store <laughs> out here in New York. They have a, they have a, they have yeah. a, I yeah, down in Soho. Soho. They have a store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It had a canvas strap. That's what mm -hmm. I remember about it. Mm -hmm. And it looked very like field watch military. Sure. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's funny because. You know, I think everybody's connection, we, we share it all the time, is like, you know, Casio kind of like opened the door for us all. Oh, sure. sure. Um, G-Shocks or, you know, even myself, like the, the Iron Man Timex, like digital watches and all those like two watches, especially in like the 90s and yeah. like the late 80s. It's kind of what drew us to, um, to timepieces. And I think for every guest that we've had, like that's kind of like their, their starting point. For a lot Absolutely. of people, I think it's like it was the lowest hanging fruit, right? Yes. It's like in terms of like price point and accessibility. Yeah, but it's a low hanging no fruit that's still delicious. It's so like, delicious. Exactly. I still, still love my Casio. You right? still my appreciate it yes. as you get older and, yeah. you know, over the course of your, your watch collecting journey. There are times where it's like I look at like my watch box and like some of my stuff and I'm like, oh, I feel like, you know, you want to wear like a Casio or a Timex. It's yes. just like yeah. it, it kind of brings you back. To like those more innocent days mm -hmm. in your your watch collecting journey, where you didn't really care about, you know, the same things you cared about, and it was just like purely for like a very innocent experience. Like you didn't care about the the movement or or the brand so much. You just knew it's like this is a cool watch. This is a cool watch. It is an in-house movement, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It means a lot to a lot of people. It means it does mean a lot to the purists. Um, well, so I know your mom was big on timepieces, obviously hustling timepieces, um, you know, to make ends meet and, 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 and things like that. Um, what about your dad? Was your dad into to watches? My dad uh, was, um, he was, he had a, in Puerto Rico, Bulovas were big. Like they sure. had a, a lot of marketing in Puerto Rico and Rado, those were the big brands. And he had a Bulova that he wore at work. Mm-hmm. And, but he, he always wanted a Rolex Submariner. He never got to have one. Mm. My dad passed away three weeks ago and wow. I got him his first oh, Rolex yeah, sorry to hear that. and I took it to him. It was actually this two tone mm. and I brought him to the hospital. So he got to wear it, but the nurse told me, don't, don't leave it with him. Cause you know, sure. like, yes, it's not safe. So I told him dad, when you get home, I'll give it back to you. He said, hey, well, we'll get it sized, but he passed away before he could. I'm sorry. Mm. But yeah, it's that's amazing that he got to wear yeah. it though. He got to you wear his Rolex right at the end, man. Yeah, yes. he had his Rolex. Yes. So that's I'm incredible. wearing it today, and yeah, yeah. 
Like that, 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 I gotta get it engraved, man. Too, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. that's beautiful. Um, you know, especially too, when we when we were speaking, you know, family is everything. Um, to you, you know, being a father of two, um, being well cultured, you know, your connection with your parents, and, and you know, just your origin story and things like that. What 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 kind of impact has that brought on you? to your children what kind of you know message do you want to share to them with your profession and you know your your passion and hobby you know because aviation is something i feel like um it's a trade that's not commonly followed and i feel like it's like first generation pilot to second generation pilot and then it kind of like continues absolutely yes. um so, like, is that something that you're implementing on your children as far as, like, you know, going into aviation or, like, anything like that? Um, that's a good question. Um, a lot of the pilots I work with are, like, second or third generation pilots. I'm one of the very few who's a first generation pilot. Mm. Um, and when my first daughter was born, I was lucky enough to buy that Rolex GMT Master II Batman. And I'm going to get it engraved. It's going to go on to her. And I'm not going to push my daughters to be pilots. If they want it, great. If not, that's okay. But we're, I'm def, at some point, I'm going to make it known to them that this career was very special to me. And mm. it's what enabled you to live a good life yeah. for me to save for you, to have a good education, to have a roof on the, over your head. And... I hope that they'll see that with that watch, maybe they're not going to be as romantic about it as I am, but I hope it's maybe a manifestation of everything about all of that that I'll be passing on to them, to her, mm -hmm. and along with all the lessons that she'll learn through life. Yes. I'm, I'm meaning to get that engraved. Maybe you can tell me later where it's a good place to do that. I think Ben knows a good yeah. place. Yeah. Actually, ben, we'll talk about it I know, later. I know a yeah. good hand engraver. But um, that's going to go on to her, and my second daughter's going to get another GMT. They're, all, they're each going to get a GMT because it's an heirloom piece. My dad wanted a Rolex, but he never could afford one to pass on to me. Now I can afford it. I'm going to pass it on to them. And it's aviation-themed. Yes. Because yes. right. it's a GMT watch, so it's, it has meaning. Yes. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I hope they'll appreciate it. I don't um, know if that answers your question, though. No, definitely. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. But what I love, too, is that... So, this is not the only GMT you brought with you. So, when Rashawn passed it over to me, I looked at the other one. Mm -hmm. They're both set to Zulu time. Yes. So Good observation. This is, this is legit. Like, you yeah. use these when you're working. These are yes. tool watches. Which is a thing that most people don't do with their Rolexes. Yes. Right. So, we're very happy that you do. These and, are real tool watches. And, yeah. and, that's, and that Can was you also... Can explain what that is, actually? Yes, please. Oh, Zulu times come... Well, Manny can probably explain it more than me. So <laughs> um, ben, go... No, no, Ben, please go ahead. Well, Zulu times what pilots use. It's almost like a central time zone. Mm -hmm. You set your secondary time zone to Zulu, and you can track every time zone from yeah. there on, yes. forwards or backwards. So... To elaborate on that, that's absolutely correct. Um, in aviation, especially in an operation where you're flying all over the world, I may be talking to my dispatcher who may be in Cincinnati and I'm on the other side of the world in Japan. And we all have to agree on a one time zone mm. that we're all going to be basing our work off, which is Zulu time, mm. GMT time. That's why they call them GMT watches. Yeah, right. Um, 
and we all set our watches and the airplane is set to that time so that he if he calls me hey manny what's going on you're taking a delay i'm like well it's 8 a.m local you know we're not no we're on sulu time mm -hmm. and we're all on the same page when i wake up in the morning i may not know where i am i mean you know i'm jet lagged i don't even remember if i'm in italy or japan mm -hmm. but i look at my watch i look it's Sulu time, mm -hmm. and that's the same everywhere. And if I want to know the time back home, I just have to click the vessel back four times, mm -hmm. and that's New York time. Because yeah. what's New York time? Sulu time minus four mm -hmm. or five, depending on yeah. daylight savings. The thing, the thing with Zulu is that Zulu time is always on time. Yeah. Zulu yes. time is always on time. Yes. And that segues into the way a pilot uses a GMT watch, mm -hmm. Yeah, which is we set it to Sulu time, then I change the local hour hand to where I am, and then I use the vessel to track the time back home or where I'm going next or whatever I want to check. Okay, yes. cool. That's also that's also another thing that I wanted to kind of touch on is the fact that, um, and we and we spoke about this too is like you know everybody wants a Pepsi GMT, everybody wants a Batman GMT, everybody wants this, they want that, but then don't even know the significance to, you know, the GMT and how relative it is to a lot of people in their professions and their careers. Yeah, the fact that people actually are still using the complication. Still using it till this day. And we do have computers and we do have other technologies that makes our jobs a lot easier. But, you know, when you have someone like Manny who is, you know, someone that appreciates horology, that appreciates, you know, tool watches or, you know, just being... Um, you know, a guy that kind of rolls his sleeves up, does it himself. Um, it makes sense. I also imagine that you would probably actually find it incredibly convenient. Yeah. Right. Oh, like oh, I think absolutely. people forget like how with the accessibility of time that we have being everywhere, you forget unless you wear a wristwatch how convenient it is to actually just glance at your wrist. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. know mm. that fast. What time you know it what is. happened? I had an Apple Watch for a while for I was trying to lose weight. And Same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're all channeling that. I'm trying to gain weight. Don't don't count. Man, me and and I lost the charger. I was out in the middle of Asia and it battery ran out. Yeah. Um you gotta go buy a whole new charger. And just the pandemic the started yeah. and it was chaos, so I couldn't go back home because mm. everything closed up. So I was traveling the world without a watch. I was so disoriented. Yeah. And I walked into the Narita airport and they were liquidating watches, and I bought a Grand Seiko GMT. Nice. Wow. Um, and I put it on, and I decided never again yep. am I going to depend on a battery for doing my job. Yeah. Sometimes wow. the most simple tool is still the best one. hundred yes. percent. You know? Yes, yes, That yes. works perfectly. I don't have to land and wait for it to sync with the, my phone, which may not even have reception. Exactly. You know? Yes. Mm -hmm. I just... You get to it. see the flaws yeah. in technology. Yeah. Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that... that is still the best tool to use for my job since 1954 or whenever Rolex yeah. introduced or, yeah. it. Yeah. Or Glycine, whoever made it. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, too, um, we we had a funny story when you were sharing, um, you know, how you've had, like, uh, students and you've taught them how to um, how to purpose, like, the, the Brightland Navitimer. Yes. So that's a complication that's not as useful anymore. Uh, the slide rule it's but uh, if you're kind of a nerd a geeky person it's it's a cool thing and i love navi timers are beautiful watches uh but i did have one experience where we used one for its intended purpose mm. um and that was like 15 years ago uh back then we didn't have ipads or 
computers on the airplanes. We did have handheld GPSs, but they were very expensive. Mm. Those mm -hmm. Garmin's, yeah, uh, they were like five thousand dollars for one for an airplane, and so you had to do all your calculations on what it's called an E6B computer. It's a big version of what a Navitimer is. It's mm. a slight rule, and you can time. For example, this is how much fuel I'm going to burn if my fuel burn is eight pound, eight gallons an hour and I'm going to fly this distance and the headwind is this and that. That's how you use it. And this kid forgot to bring his E6B to class and we had a cross country from Kissimmee to Sarasota or something like mm. that. But he was wearing an Avitimer. Wow. And he's like, oh my God, am I going to have to cancel the lesson? And I said, no, we're going to use your watch. We're going to figure it out. Mm. And we did. That's awesome. And we did the flight. And it was, it was, the cross-country flight was perfect. The yes. Navitimer was as sharp as using an E6B. Wow. wow. Um, so it is a tool to watch. It's just an obsolete tool. Sure. Yes. So, I mean, obviously that experience was different than using the computer. I feel like the computer obviously would be more convenient. But using the slide rule and the Navitimer, what was that like? Was it, did you look at it and say, how the fuck am I going to do this? Or was, <laughs> it, or was it pretty easy? Once you were like, okay, I know what I'm doing. No, the, the, it, it was actually, um, the only difficult part about it is that it's so small that all the numbers sure. are so tiny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah. you get a, um, a lot of the, if you're trying to be really accurate mm -hmm. with a slide rule computer, sometimes it'll line up between numbers and that may mean the difference between five and ten minutes, which sure. can screw up your your planning. Yes. Um, and so yeah, you you got you had to make sure that you were looking very carefully, measure twice, caught once, mm -hmm. right. and that made it difficult. But using it was not if you knew what you were doing, it worked just the same as an E6B. Okay. Yes. It's it's a very well made watch actually, yeah. and I, like I said, the complication is obsolete, but. For its time, yes, yeah, it was essential. It, it was good. Yes, yeah. it was a good watch. Yes, and it still is, but not as useful. Yes, you know what's funny too is like I think even if you start at the ground level, and you know, especially for us, you know, sitting here, us being watch enthusiasts, um, understanding how relevant time is. So starting at the ground level, you know, Greenwich Mean Time or the GMT was created during the time when we traveled at sea. Mm -hmm. So before we measured time, literally you would have people lost at sea because they couldn't gauge distance and they used time to measure when they would get to the destination. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so relative because con like continuously, you know, technology advances, but you know, the foundation still yeah, stays the, the, the same. Oh, the method absolutely. stays the same. The method stays yeah. the same. Distance is speed plus time. That's it. Always will be. Always mm -hmm. will be. Um, and, you know. That's what you need to watch for. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's exactly what a chronograph those, those is for. Those astronauts used a speedmaster to time their burn to yep. make it back yep. to home. It was either disintegration. Sure. <laughs> Starved to death. Starved to death. And lost in space. And lost in space. Run out of oxygen. Run out of oxygen. And well, just I think like, that's like the, the cool thing about the hobby too, right? Is that, it, especially in your profession, like you don't need it, but you use it and you realize yes. just vicariously through your passion and your enthusiasm that these are tools that have literally saved lives. Yes. That have gotten people to their destination. Life depended on it. 100%. Yes. Remember the um, 
I think the cask certification was invented because trains were not running on time and yeah. they would hit like crash against each other. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they had to make sure everyone had yeah, figure this watch. out, guys. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, um, and another thing I learned about like having a nice watch that I love is that as I'm traveling the world, I'm staying in these generic hotels. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm away from home for two weeks. I miss my family. But I look at my watch, and it kind of it grounds me. Yeah. Like, yes. it, it, it's this thing that it still makes me feel like an so individual. So I was, I was going to ask, too, because, like, so one of my favorite pastimes is actually flying. Okay. Mm -hmm. I do like getting... Uh, I like I like traveling. I don't I don't enjoy flying as much now on a plane as I used to, but the like knowing that I'm going someplace. Like I have my I have like a favorite airport. I love Heathrow. For some reason I can't Heathrow? really I love Heathrow. I love Heathrow. I don't like the security aspect of it. Sure, I agree with you on that. <laughs> Their version of PSA I love how is, massive it is. It just yeah. feels like a city, yeah. right? And so I was curious, just like as like a pilot, as a watch enthusiast, how has travel influenced at all your your hobby of of collecting like i know just even just like in my daily travels like to and from work or to see family or whatever you know when once you're ingrained in this hobby you're you see it it's everywhere mm -hmm. right so what has that been like like traveling all these places meeting different people and then being in love with watches mm -hmm. it's it's definitely changed my taste in watches like um growing up I had, I, I would have maybe thought that if I hadn't traveled so much, maybe I would have thought that a Hublot was a really cool watch. Mm. But and nothing against people who like Hublots. <laughs> That's good. As I travel, you know, going to Japan and seeing what they're wearing. Yeah. Or going to, uh, to Europe or, or to the Middle East. Middle mm -hmm. Eastern people are big on watches. Yes. yes. Um, it made me think like, hmm, you know, uh, what is timeless what's elegant what can i wear that anywhere i go is it's gonna look good and and it's it's kind of changed not only on watches but fashion and yeah and taste and food and everything um the other thing is traveling i also walk into stores and see what they have available every time i go to any country i go to watch stores to see what people buy and also i, I try to go to like the vintage watch stores to see mm -hmm. what people wore over the years yeah and that's it's really fun interesting to see like yeah. i said before in puerto rico bulova yeah. or rado was big but in other countries maybe they don't even know what bulova doesn't yes. surprise me rado surprises me a little yeah. bit rado surprises me all the time to be honest yeah <laughs> every time someone says i have a rado i'm like why yeah yeah but um and and like i said before the other thing is that when you travel for a living or, or as a hobby like you do, um, ain't it cool to bring one watch yeah. that you chose for yes. this trip? And no matter where you are, if I, you're jet lagged, you I look spent at it. hours deliberating <laughs> on which watch to take with me anytime I go someplace. <laughs> do you have a watch where if, you're, uh, if you had to grab your money and a watch and escape... You if your house grab. is on fire, what's the watch? God forbid your house is on fire. on the run, you gotta grab your Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. That's the biggest investment in there. <laughs> I actually heard from a very old captain who said that one time he was in South America during the oil crisis in the seventies, and he 
couldn't get gas for his airplane and he had to get back home mm. and things there was on some unrest in that country and he traded a Rolex for, yeah. for gas. Yeah. Yes. So we wow. had a conversation about this recently, I think. I think it was it might have been with Rich. It was with someone. I can't remember. But um oh no, this was last wasn't this last night? Well, maybe. Well I think this was with Zach. We were we talking would, about assets. Well, yeah, but we were talking about like how like Rolexes used to be like government issued, like almost yeah. like a breaking case of emergency. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, sure. and then like someone who he it was, he mentioned someone who worked for like some government agency was like, "Why'd you give me this?" And they were like, "Just in case you need it." Yeah, it's like it's like a I need safe passage here. Here yeah. you go. Money means nothing, but here's this Rolex yeah. or whatever. It's something of value. It'll get you home. Yeah, yeah. literally. It's safe passage. Yeah. I know you got a lot. That's that's also another thing, too, is like, I know you have a lot of war stories just um, kind of like flying over a lot of countries that have, you know, unrest and meeting people at like pit stops or like picking guys up or, you know, girls up and whatever that like literally. He's a married have man, be careful. No, I'm not saying, no, I'm not saying <laughs> picking girls up like that. I'm saying, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be. Um, it's a joke. It's a joke. What What's it called? Um. Promiscuous. No. <laughs> Jeez, man. It's always this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess bias. I'll say bias. Guys and girls, because you know, guys and yeah, girls people. do people, people they yeah. do serve, they do serve in the military. So that's what I was trying to get at. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have shared some war stories with people. Um, and you know, tell us about your experience there. Um, with the time, military guys, so yeah. with my job, I do fly a lot of military people all over the world. Um, this is like contract work that you yes. do. Mm -hmm. uh, I fly big airplanes, and uh, the military does not necessarily fly all their soldiers all over the world in their own aircraft. They subcontract other companies to do it for them. Interesting. Especially if the diplomatic situation is such that they don't want a U.S. Air Force airplane landing somewhere. Case Copy. in point. I went into Kiev uh, last July before this war started. Wow. Um, and I didn't know there was going to be a war starting. I knew there was a war before a few years ago. But uh, I flew a bunch of guys there who looked very sharp. Um, most of them were wearing G-Shocks. I did see a lot of guys, especially in special forces, I see them wearing SIN. Yes. Oh yes, Sin has, Sin, Sin has some special issue military. They watches. do, they yes. do, and they've yeah. grown quite popular. You last see them, years. and it's usually the guys who are like the professional soldiers who've been there for a while. You see them; they they have sins. You see them quite a bit, actually. Yes. Uh, and a lot of the soldiers are stationed in Germany, and they buy them there, and then they bring them over. I had a guy. I have. I know a guy who was a U.S. Marine Corps, and he did two tours of duty with a Sin dive watch yeah. U you one or whatever. You probably mm. see a lot of G-Shock Frogmans too. Yes. Major oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, Sin is basically the G-Shock of the Military. mechanical yeah. watch world. Yes. So you see a lot of G-Shock Sins. Sometimes you see the odd dude wearing a Rolex, like sure. a Submariner or a GMT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but military dudes take their watches seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, like for them, it's also a matter of life and death. Yep. Yes. Oh, they, 100%. They, they got to trust them. Well, there's yes. that story of that soldier who got, whose tutor saved his life. I literally saved his wrist. Yeah. Tutor, tutor caught a bullet for him. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. The bezel and the, and the it's case. The shield. Yeah, literally dented. <clears throat> mm -hmm. He caught a bullet. Tutors yeah. used to be like what, what G-Shock would be today. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. The Vietnam War. Yes. Right? Yeah. 
Well, French Navy, MN21. Yeah. yeah. Even, Marine National. Even, that, yeah. The new FXD is kind of like... Yeah. Is there, is the back of them literally say MN Mar- on them. Yep. Marine, yeah. National. Marine National. The same as like Omega. Omega is what to like, the you know, the Royal Navy. Um, you know, when I explain, you know, for example, like James Bond wearing a... Um, Seamaster. Seamaster. Oh, okay. It's like, you know, if James Bond was a real person... He would be wearing a Omega, well, like I mean, com- he probably he does. Well, yeah. well, yes, but I'm saying like the commander in the yeah, Royal Bond. Navy, <laughs> yeah. Commander Bond, yeah. would be wearing an Omega Seamaster. Sure. Yeah. Um, and what I loved about the films, and you know, starting from 1995, even until like Daniel Craig coming in, because you've seen, you know, Pierce kind of being like you didn't know his origin. He kind of started as just like this. You would see him as like a Bruce Wayne-ish kind of character, like slick back hair, billionaire playboy. But then you have Daniel Craig, who's like an alcoholic and has like mental issues. And like, you know, maybe he's not like physically fit to perform the jobs, you know. But, um, you know, they put him down to like kind of like this humiliative um, character. And I think like the common, you know, someone that's in the special British forces would be wearing an Omega over a Rolex, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. These days. Yeah, these yeah, days, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, these yeah. days today. Absolutely. So yeah. it, uh, to me, it just makes sense, you know? Um, and it kind of ties into, you know, another one, uh, another question I wanted to ask you because, you know, you have people that are so fixed on Rolex, and you are a Rolex collector. I do have a lot of Rolex. And you have a lot of Rolex. Yeah. Um, but also you are a lover and appreciation, uh, in, you know, and you appreciate horology. What, what kind of advice could you give a new collector or someone that just solely wants the watch that they may not be able to get now? Well, it, it, I do run into a lot of people at work who want a Rolex GMT and they mm-hmm. can get one. And it sucks because these guys are airline pilots. They should be able to get one. Absolutely. Um, yes. And, and we can talk about it later, but I do think for a few reasons that overall the Rolex GMT is still the best GMT watch there is, but they can't get it. So I'm not going to go. We're not, we all know why they can't get it. Yes, of course. Um, my advice is that don't get so hung up on Rolex. Yes, it's great. It's a great watch. Yes. Um, they're hyped up, but they're hyped up for a good reason. It's a good watch, but there's other brands that they can look at that'll do the job almost as well, and they're not going to cost as much, and you can buy one. Yeah. I got a two-door GMT there. We did a group order in my company, and that came about because so many guys kept asking me, how do you get the Rolex, the Rolex, the Rolex? And I'm like, let's get two doors. And I got like 50 guys together and we through an intermediary we talked to we never thought they were going to say yes but we talked to Tudor and we did a group order this is this has an engraving oh, in the shit. back yes. by Rolex Tudor well Rolex is the company that handled the sale and it has my company's logo in the back um, oh, along with a serial number in a year now Rolex only did the logo they did refuse to do the serial number in a year we did that independently but we did this because, to answer your question, you can still buy a great GMT watch. If what you want it for is to have a tool watch, yes, this is a great tool watch. Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, it's just like the Grand Seiko GMT you got. Oh, exactly. Sure. It's a great you can tool buy watch. a Grand Seiko. You can buy a Tudor. 
Um, if you want like a true GMT with a stepping hour hand, I'm not gonna go into detail, but there's not that many options. Uh, Longine just came out with a great GMT. With that Zulu. Yeah, Zulu. 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 Uh, that that's green a fantastic wire. Well, that watch, the thing is that that watch is what? Sub two grand and literally you can't go into a boutique and buy yeah, one. Yeah, they're sold out. You can't really? buy yeah. one. It's one no, of the you can't buy one right at all. Yeah. It's one of the hottest watches, period. So I'm glad. glad cause, well, I'm glad for them, but it, it's, it's, it's a great, great It's great for the Well, that's the thing, too, is like, you know, when we when we do speak that's the timepieces, a lot of, like, you know, people kind of like lose sleep and they're like hung over on Rolex and things like that. And I tell them, I'm like, listen, dog, you can you can go into like a Longines boutique and you cannot buy a Zulu dual time or let's say for example if you go into an IWC boutique you can't buy an AMG or you can't buy a Mojave Desert or you can't buy any of like the ceramic pieces you can't buy a Top Gun you know so it's amazing that when you walk into a boutique and you see the entire boutique of like a Rolex Patek or AP empty yes that's great but Tudor has the same issues Omega has the same issues. All the brands have Long something. jeans. They all they have, have something. something. And I think that's where, like, awesome. we have to shed light on that. You know? Also, I, man, sorry to cut you off. But no, go ahead. Manny said that all these are all engraved. Yes. And they didn't want to put the serial number on. I just wanted to be clear. He has number one. I have yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Yes. Because he should. Yes. I, I had a few like higher ups in my company ask me for number one, and I, I stood my ground. I said, no. Good. I'm, I'm no, that's me. I'm keeping Does the one. 24 clicks mess you up? No, because there's some countries that are half clicks, believe it or not, in India. I've the India is a half hour time. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. You know what does mess me up? And Grand Seiko, if you're listening, Grand Seiko GMTs have three clicks per hour. That's useless to me because ah. there's no. Yeah, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. Either make it one hour per click or half an hour. Mm. Um, but no, that's it's rare that you get to a time zone that's between hours, but it does happen. I think India is the only place. No, there, there might, be. might be some well, weird. They, so they made India. So basically, when they did the GMT originally, there were time zones that were breaking up, broken up by like literally thirty minutes. Yeah. But then, of course, they had to kind of like compile it all well, together. World, world timers are good for that. World time. Yes. If I'm you, sorry. Yeah. World time. Yes. If you have My a, apologies. If you have, if you it's have world time, world not timer. GMT. If you have a world timer, you can account for a 30-minute time zone. Yes. It's a and world time. Yes. you can also yes. account for daylight savings without having to change your time. Yes. My apologies. That yeah. IWC world timer is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. You rotate the bezel and change the cities yeah. on the spot. Uh, it it's looks crazy. It's and even, so, so I have an IWC in my hand. You know, the big pilot. That's a newer big pilot. Yes. What I love about this big pilot um with the big pilot is like this huge onion crown it is so satisfying to wind this thing like literally you just unscrew the crown and like when you get that when you get that satisfying hand just goes yes the crown that big just oh man like this is like this is like my fidget spinner you know (laughs) it's a clock yeah it is a cool one that's what i love about the the big pilot was it's 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 one of my favorite watches. I don't I don't own one yet. I do plan on having one in my collection. Yeah. But that was the watch, um, or the category of watches that they make that got me into the IWC. I fell in love with the Big Pilot first. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I fell in love with the Mark Eighteen. Yes. It is a great watch. And I mean, IWC is like hot on the block because of you know the new Top Gun film. I'm not gonna lie. 
Top Gun's inspired me to go for one. Yes. <laughs> it's good. I remember I told you, I was like, oh, I'm thinking about buying an IWC. Yes. I saw a Top Gun, and I was like, I need to get an IWC. Yo, the film. It's so Have good. you seen it yet, P? I've not seen it. You're missing out, dog. <laughs> it's good. I'm partly responsible for the film. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lying. What's the story? Talk, huh? tell us, What's please. I sold them a bunch of stuff for that movie. Woo! Excuse this me. Was, we'll talk out about of, it off camera. Yeah, they, they got some. They got some good. Some good stuff. Wait, as a matter of fact, yeah, 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 yeah. now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, we. Yes, but it's in the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went to see, so I went to go see the film with a friend, and I was and and I was telling her, I was like, "You see that?" And she didn't know, and I was like, "Yeah, that's just the fashion in me." So I I sold them I sold them a bunch of jackets for this movie. There's yes, it's a, a couple a couple. Yeah, denim yeah. yeah. We, I, we, I sold them. We sold them Lots a lot of stuff. denim. Yes, we, we outfitted them. Yeah, yeah. Shout shout out to. Uh, I had a first officer. Had a first officer who was an F eighteen pilot. Um, cool kid. You're not gonna guess what he was wearing. A what sin. was he wearing? A, a sin. sin. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh wow. I think sins are cool watches. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that too. The mil- like I, I've known that about them, but I didn't know that they were that popular mm-hmm. amongst military men. They are. But I have been seeing them. They, they are getting, getting they, more they, popularity. Yeah, I wish the there public. was a retailer here that wasn't an online one. Yeah, yeah I've uh, only ever seen them yeah, online. Yeah, only online, that you can right? Get That's them. a problem because you don't know if you're going to like it, if you receive it. There should be somewhere here, in at least in New York City, where you could walk in and, and look at them. Yes. But, but going back to IWC, great watches, great tool watches. Um, it's, they're big, but. Especially that new big pilot, they it's still big, but not so big that it looks ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't. But, I mean, yeah. It also served the purpose being it, that big. Exactly. Case size and crown, right? It's, it's supposed very to be legible. easily manipulated with gloves and the crowns, why it's so big. And then, yeah. like you said, the case size and the numeral. The case size allows numerals to be bigger and the hands Let's to be bigger. Let's talk about the so history. The legible. original big pilots um, where you... You, they were not wristwatches you would wear yeah. outside of the airplane. Right. In fact, they were strapped to your thigh. Yeah, you yeah. used to strap them to your legs. You'd leave it in the cockpit. Right. Like, yes. Part of the checklist is you get in the cockpit, set everything, set your watch, strap it on. Yeah. Back then, men barely even wore wristwatches. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they were like 50 something millimeters anyway. Yeah, they were yes. massive. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was literally a instrument. Yeah. And in that's, the that was the thing with all watches. Oh, right? for I sure. mean, men in the military in the late 1800s, early 1900s were taking their pocket watches soldering lugs on and tying rope to wear them on their wrist yes. so it could be better for them to read, right? Yeah. You're planning attacks and you have to time things. It's hard to do that with a gun in one hand and a watch in the other. Yes. You have to be hands-free. Yes. Isn't it crazy that the Cartier Santos is it's, the first you, you pilot? Just, yes, exactly. just took it out it's of my also, head. It's I was also just patented. thinking yes. as I was looking at this. It's also yeah. patented world's first wristwatch. And you speak about your, um, your connection to Brazil as well. Um... As far as so the Brazilian, the Brazilian airport is the Dumont Airport. Yeah, well, it's named oh, yeah, after, after him. because of the Brazilians, yeah. and the Brazilians say they they claim, and there's a lot of good evidence that they were the first ones to fly an airplane. It wasn't the Wright brothers; it was in Brazil. Sure, well, I believe um, that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and the Santos was. Made at, he, it was made for them. It was for, it, it was a yeah, pilot's watch. It was made by Cartier yeah, yeah, yeah. for Alberto Santos. It's funny because yeah. these yes. days people Brazilian. think Cartier. They don't think tool watch. They think, right. and that's that's the crazy thing about the Santos. It it's it is a tool watch. It was yes. a pilot's watch. Yes, yes. and yes. they literally like he requested 
uh, a watch that he could read while flying. He needed a watch with improved legibility. Yes. And that's where the the Santos Dumont came from. Yes. Which is kind of crazy because today you, you wouldn't even think twice about that. Of course. It just looks like a, a really beautiful dress it's watch. Just, yeah, a nice dress watch. But yeah. it's actually a pilot's watch. It's crazy. Back the then, real man, they could get on a cockpit and still wear something beautiful. Exactly. Know, like, well, that was the thing, especially yeah. with, with him, right, was that... He was, uh, they called him, they fancied him a dandy. Yes. Right? In yes. Sense that, yes. Not, you know, not in a disparaging way, but in the sense that this was someone who really took, uh, he, he, he really, he, he, he cared about his image. If you see his photos, yeah, he's very polished. parties and wanted something that was, you know, equally as beautiful as it was useful. Back then, him. pilots were celebrities. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Like Lindbergh had like a like a hundred children all over the world. Yes. <laughs> Shouts to him. Um I have to ask I have to ask. Um you know, when you hear when you hear the word tool watch, mm -hmm. um, you know, because we have spoken about so many tool watches, what is the number one I'll say number one tool watch or brand that produces tool watches? I'm going to go with Casio. Okay. I'm going to go with Casio overall or Seiko. But Casio, um, so many people wear Casios who are not watch people, mm -hmm. but depend on their watch. Yes. Facts. They're That's not watch nerds. They're it. not thinking about their watch. But that, that watch on their wrist is yeah. as important to them as well to be else. a watch enthusiast is is a new advent yes yeah. right and so when you when you think about the history of watches or you think about even the terminology a tool watch they're probably using it in the fashion that you know best is attributed to that term right where they're not thinking about it stylistically they're not thinking about movements mm -hmm. it's just like it does what I want it to do. Absolutely. That's it. But I'm going to add a caveat to that answer in that I've also met a lot of people who have the weirdest watches as dailies and they're tool watches because they serve their purpose. But I've met guys who uh, have, again, a Cartier, like a tank, and they're all scratched and beat up, but they've been wearing them for a long time. Mm. Um and as far as my job goes, when I think like for GMT watches, I think tool watch, um, if it's a mechanical watch, you know, I hate to say it, but the Rolex GMT, even though it's, even though these days it's a status symbol and in a way a piece of jewelry, you can't fold them for the way they designed it. And as a tool watch, mm -hmm. The dimensions, the yeah. accuracy, the legibility. Yep. It, it in an alternate reality where watches were not status symbols, this would be. You a would great reach tool. for it. You'd be yeah. like, "This is yeah. this. This is good." Yeah. Um, it's you know, it's thin. I'm not banging it around the cockpit as I'm flipping switches. You know. Yes. Um, the power reserve is good. It's almost as accurate as. Ms as a spring drive. Mm -hmm. This one, I've been timing. I'm, I'm a nerd. I time my watches sure. over time. I have an app for it. Nice. And th this one has been running at like plus 0.3 seconds a day. That's great. That's yeah. like spring drive territory, you know? Yes. Uh, so 
Rolex may be hyped up, but they put in the work. Yes. They regulate their watches to be accurate. They're rugged. They take a beating. Yes. Um, it would be very easy for them to sit, rest on their laurels. They know every watch they make is going to sell. Mm -hmm. They could easily lean back and make crap. Uh, not, not crap because, you know, <laughs> over time, their reputation would falter. But they still make them as if they were going to the Vietnam War. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I see people wearing GMTs as a fashion accessory, but you could take that watch and put it on a soldier's wrist and send him to a war zone, and it's going to do its yeah. duty. Rolex yes. definitely makes the most robust watch there is. It is very oh, robust. Sure. Denying that. I mean, this watch is, you know, from the 70s. I mean, like, this thing is like 50 years old. Yeah. yeah. Like, legit. Oh, oh, yeah. Still running, on time, no issues. Yeah. I mean, it's Put very... it on, go. Like, it's very easy to to hate on Rolex. It's very easy to, you know, give them grief as you describe. Yes, but I think we all appreciate them. Yes, you know, and you know, I listen. I love to, I love to to get at them and riff them, but <laughs> because it's fun, and yes. you know why? It's because of it's it's always it kind of always boils down to like the gray market. Um, but you you do appreciate what they do. They do it exceptionally well. Yes. And you get it. Yeah, it's a status symbol, but they, they, they've they earned the right to bear crown yes. on their dial. They oh, do. For sure. And it's why also why I love Tudor because, um, hey, you can get a Rolex. Hey, that Tudor is I love Tudor. kind of what, tu what Rolex, Rolex used to be. Used to yeah. be. Yes. Yes. That yes. That's what I love about them so much. Tudor keeps Rolex cool. They yeah. really do. Yes. Yeah. So when we did our group order, that... And by the way, let me say this. I was not expecting it, but they were very cool. Sure. They were very excited to do it. Yes. They, they're, um, yeah, we want people to see pilots wearing our watches. It, they, were, they were very open. They were very excited, very easy to work with. It's very cool that you guys did that. I think that there's, uh, we're, you know, I'm a big Tudor fan. I think there is a lot of opportunity for them to tell some really great stories that they're not telling. Oh, yes. And your story is, a really awesome story just in how you and your colleagues have gotten together and like this was the watch that you guys chose to to get as a group of pilots i mean if you're listening yeah it is really <laughs> oh trust me listen trust me Tudor is listening you know Tudor is listening it is really cool to run into the guys wearing it i mean we have a lot of pilots in my company we're like two thousand of us but there's only like um 50, how large was the group order uh 50 but we're gonna do more because okay. uh it I wanted to keep it small at first in case it was a disaster. I wouldn't sure. be. I wouldn't be lynched. Him! This was your proof of concept. Yeah, so yes. now, but hey, uh, and there's something about it. For the first batch, since they trusted me with it, we put a star in the bottom. So the next batches are not going to have that star. And that star was engraved by Rolex. Wow. Um, nice. But we're going to make more. We're probably going to end up making maybe like who knows? Maybe like five hundred of them, because we're wow. we're a big pilot group. Wow. I don't want to, I don't want to say which company I work for, because sure, no, 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 absolutely. But yeah, we have yes. over two thousand pilots. Wow! And I've already run into one or two guys wearing it, and they were very excited. And some of them were not even watch people before this. Yeah, right. This is their entry. Yeah, and they're saying now I want a Rolex. Tudor you know? is a great it's gateway. A great yes. Oh, so how, how do you is. feel when it's like obviously you don't get to see all the people who place the order all the time. You just know each other from work. You guys are in different parts of the world. And I mean, quite literally different parts of the planet. So 
when you see someone, like you said, you bumped to two guys wearing them that you didn't even really knew existed before, like how'd that make you feel? Good. Like yeah. one of them, I didn't even know this guy. Yeah. Like I, he was leaving the airplane and I was coming into the airplane to take it to go somewhere else and he was wearing it. And and I flick mine and he's like, hell yeah. Like, it's kind of cool to show him that you got number one. one. Number one. Yeah, I'm the like, OG. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, and we have a Facebook. I actually opened an Instagram account. It's still kind of barren, but we're going to post pictures of all of us, like whenever they take a wrist shot in the cockpit. I'll That's awesome. On there I love that. That's great. So that they can see the journey of the tour watches as they travel all over the world. Yeah. You guys should keep a map. Yeah. Just like, yeah. yeah. The, At the end of the year, do like a, the map with the line. Well, if you, do, if you do it yeah. on social media, you can just geotag yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's actually be very able good. To, and then, and then to at the end of the year, you can kind of map it out where they've all been. That's oh, kind of cool. They're going to be everywhere, man. Yeah. We, we go everywhere. That's amazing. Yeah. The last time piece that you have here is a, um, a Breitling, what is this, a Repetition Minutes? So... That's a Breitling Aerospace. Aerospace, sorry. That's a very 90s watch. Yes. This, I haven't had it for a very long time, but when I was a kid, this would have been my grail watch, you know? Because mm. I love, like, my dad always wanted Rolex, but when I, I'm a 90s kid, and back then, seeing a analog, digital, titanium Breitling watch yeah. would have been... Incredible. You know, that's something that a kid from Knight Rider would have worn. Yeah. Yes. Um, and back then, the watch industry wasn't quite sure which direction tool watches were taking. So mm -hmm. they were kind of experimenting with like different things. Mm -hmm. And this one is interesting in that it doesn't have pushers like a G-Shock would or, or modern digital watches have. You operate it through the crown. Mm -hmm. It's kind of... Once you get the trick, it's pretty yeah. cool how it works. But back then, a lot of pilots wore this watch. It's very thin. Um, it, this watch will survive a nuclear war. Well, maybe not because it wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't survive the the electromagnetic pulse from a nuclear explosion. I mean, it, it'd be here, and you and you wouldn't. Actually, <laughs> you know, a, a nuclear war, you'd probably be wearing a Tudor. That's the one that would survive it because. I'm not going to get in. Uh, this is getting tricky. <laughs> it's getting dark. But, <laughs> love episode. But um, ele electric things are probably going to fail. Yeah. But this thing is very cool. Um, back in the 90s, the quartz court crisis was still... Um, very prominent. Very, it was still traumatic. Yes, sure. <laughs> still very prominent, yes. They were not sure what the future was. And if you guys... We'll, we'll, take, we'll put it on the camera later. It's... I don't know how to describe it. It has two screens, but it has your analog hands. Mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, you can use a countdown timer on it. You can use an elapsed timer on it, and it's all operated through the crown. You get mm -hmm. to flick it real fast to switch modes, and once yeah. you get it right, it's great. You can have different time zones, and it was very ahead of its time. Very innovative. Well, the fact that you actually operate a digital watch through the crown, no pushers, no is, pushers, is is different in the '90s. Then. Even still, second point is that it's titanium. Mm -hmm. So when I was handling this timepiece, literally the buckle weighs more, than the case. weighs more than the case. Yeah, literally the buckle weighs more than the case. It's very light, which is nuts. Yeah, yeah. Hodinkee did an article where they were talking about how the print, the king of Jordan handed it out back 
in the 90s to their guys. This was a very cool watch in the 90s. And it's a grand complication. Like, is it working? Oh, yeah. I got to flick it over. A digital grand complication. So it's the repetition minutes sure. thing. Yes. Um, so so it's, if, a repeater, it's a minute repeater. Yeah, it's a minute, yeah, repeater. It's a minute repeater. And um, if I'm That's sitting... Good. That's <laughs> so cool! Um, which I think is very cool. Sometimes I wear it's it like at a, night. Wow. And I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> and the baby wakes up and I'll tag it. And my wife's very annoyed. Sure, She's yeah. Like, I'm just taking the time because the loom doesn't work anymore. Wow. Uh, it's just a very neat uh, pilot's watch. Uh, I still see guys, the older guys, wearing things like this on the line. Mm. There's a lot of guys out there. You were talking about tool watches who bought a watch in the 90s. And that's, that's their one watch. They've yeah. just been wearing that thing. Yeah. I ran into a guy recently was wearing a vintage Rolex GMT and I'm like, where do you get that? Oh, that was my high school gift from my parents. Mm, you know, yeah. pilot, his dad was an Eastern pilot. Wow. And he's been wearing that watch, that Rolex GMT since high school. He's in his 50s now or late 40s, never serviced. Mm. Still running. It's great. Still running. I have to ask, um, because we've 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 covered a lot of um Swiss watches. Um, but if you can name Let's say three to five of your top non-Swiss watch brands. What would they be? I think Seiko is the greatest watch brand in the world. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love that. Yes. He took the words out of my mouth. There's no doubt in my <laughs> mind. I talk a lot about he Rolex. Meant that. Too. <laughs> Seiko is the greatest watch brand in the world for many reasons. Yes. So that to me is the number one. There's, there's some people, very important people in the watch industry who would agree with you. Yeah. I remember uh, there was a panel maybe three, three and a half, almost four years ago now. Philippe Dufour did a talk. I believe it was for the Horological Society. And they asked, like, obviously, aside from his own company, who does he think makes the best dials in, in, in watchmaking? And he was like, you're all going to hate me because I'm going to name two brands and they're not Swiss. One's German, one's Japanese. And the room just went quiet. And <laughs> obviously, the German brand? Seiko and Langa. Langa, yes. Grand yes. Seiko and Langa. And yes. I was going to mention Langa, too. Yeah. That probably would have been my number four. But I'm going to go with Seiko, and that includes Grand Seiko, to be fair. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with Casio. Yes. I'm going to go with Sin. I'm going to go with Langa and I'm going to go with Glass Shooter. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I love that. For sure. I love that. And uh, a, a bonus answer ball. Really? Just as a ball? bonus answer ball. ball. Yeah. Is is um please um forgive me if I'm if I'm not correct. Ball is Russian? No, Ball is American. American brand. Ball is American. Mm -hmm. the, oh, Ball is the guys aren't they out of Pennsylvania? No, I'm not They're sure. They're out of Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio. Okay, they, so yeah. I was thinking mid Midwest. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland and Pennsylvania, you think about it, is like almost the same. Here's a nice piece of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> so many people yeah. from Cleveland and Pennsylvania are going to hate you for saying that. Oh, I'm sorry. Ball. <laughs> so people from Pennsylvania are going to hate you for saying that. You don't hear about Ball much, but Ball is the first watch company to have a certification for accuracy after a railroad crash. Cost certification followed that. Ball was the most accurate watch brand in the world back they in still its day. Use, they use a train as a logo. Yeah, that's their logo. It's mm -hmm. a train because mm. it was a, a very steam, deadly a train. train accident. And they said, we're going to make accurate watches and we're going to test all the movements and certify them. And then the Europeans, the Swiss made Cosk. Ball, so the Americans were first on that. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
We have a. Have you met that guy Jorge from like Red Bar? He's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, Jorge. Oh, yeah. Shout yeah. out to Jorge. Yeah. yeah. You should bring him here sometime. That's the I, I spoke to him recently about coming on. That's yeah, the I saw, homie. We saw Jorge last week. Saw I saw him. Yeah. He's, he yeah. loves that brand. I saw him at, a, at another Red Bar event. And Red they make a good GMT, here. actually. Yes. Um, I, I want to take a good look at one. Maybe I'll get one when I'm in Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland. <laughs> well, no, no. Shout out, shout out to Cleveland because we seen LeBron earlier yeah. today. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm a LeBron fan. I, I shared mean, it on. I love LeBron. I shared it on the show uh, last episode. Yeah, so. Asking to be on the show. Should've. I'm not gonna. Should've he was. He was. He was. He looked like he was discussing business. He was, he was in there waving his hands, very intense. What was he wearing? We didn't even know this. It's probably he, an AP. Like, it was probably an AP. On. It was. A, it was. Yeah. It was. I'm gonna call him out. He had an ACG hoodie on and a cap. Like he weren't going on. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was. was but it was like. It was like gold. Gold was kind of like popping. Yeah, he had like a was, solid gold watch. He had something. He's probably wearing that 50th anniversary. Probably. Probably. I would. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Too good you know what's crazy about this watch, man? That watch when is awesome. When it's in the light, it almost looks like the loom is glowing. Yeah. It, it, it's not yeah. until you cover it. The hands still glow. The dial is very faint. Yeah. Um. It's that out. By the way, that movement, that uh, Breitling super quartz movement, is accurate to like three seconds a they year. They still use sure. it. Yeah, they use it in, yeah. in the endurance pros. Yes, it's been going since the nineties. Yeah. it's very good. I, I, mean, I love quartz watches. By the way, I don't know if you guys. Oh yeah, we no love quartz watches. watches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love quartz yeah. watches. Some I, I, some people hate on them. I'm, I love them. That's people trying to be sticklers. Yeah, yeah. nothing to hate. Knobs. It's more accurate if, than anything that they can buy. It's if you love right. watches, you love watches. You love exactly. watches. Yes. No yes. one's talking shit about an Elegante. Why are you talking shit about the quartz or anything else? Exactly. The Elegante is actually fired. It's, it's fired. It's very impressive. It's very impressive. Yes. It is more than just a quartz watch. We'll give it that. It is. But at the end of the day, it still runs in the battery. Sure. Yes. Um. This. Game time? This. Yes. <laughs> Game time. Perry. Listen. Perry is. He's he this it. this is yeah, he felt it. This is like when Perry like I'm he has pulse. his he has his hostess kind of like he just the knows this with the most of us. He 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 has his his host energy going on. Um so this is but the funny thing is like this is like Fer Perry's favorite part of the show when I introduce a game. It really is. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm always pleasantly surprised. So <laughs> uh -oh. this one is called this game is called Top Time. Okay. Titled after sure. One of the Brightland, the Brightland top, top times, times yeah. yes. Um, so, because you are a lover of novels, films, sci-fi, um, etc., we decided to do a trivial game um, where I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, I need one of my co-hosts to assist. Sure. We're going to put 20 seconds on the clock. I got you. You got it. Yeah, I got it. Manny got, has to answer this question in Thanks. 20 seconds. Let me reset. Oh, look, hey, hey, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. We gotta use we gotta use the the speedy. All right, let me know when to go. Okay, so you ready? Yeah, but I can't time until after you ask the question. Yes, gotcha. you can't time until. Let's after. go. So okay, so the first question is, in which film starring uh, John David Washington was the Hamilton Below Zero featured in? to pass on that one let me think um is it a sci-fi movie it's a sci-fi movie you want another hint i know the movie yeah it was re it was a recent movie it, it, it is a recent yeah. movie it's a recent john david washington oh, Denzel. Song. uh you're talking about uh interstellar no, no, close um almost 20 minutes on. 20 seconds is up 
Tenet. Tenet. Tenet is an amazing movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tenet. Yeah. He wasn't Interstellar though. Wasn't John, he? no. Well, it's, it's the same director. It's the same director. It's the same director, but yeah, John David uh, Washington. Yeah, I Christopher Nolan. Say, no, but I want to say Tenet. The, well, the character, and then, the actor and then, wasn't Interstellar. You remember, he's the guy who was stuck in the space station while they went down to that wave planet. Wasn't it him? No, no, no. He wasn't in there. Okay. But uh, they also did where Interstellar, they did. They, well, he has something with Hamilton. Yes. That he loves. Hamilton, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He has, he, so they had Hamilton's in Interstellar. They did. Okay. And then John David Washington was in this one. And he's wearing the below zero, below which zero. is actually a watch that I like. It is yeah. a great watch. Yeah, but I, I, the only reason I didn't get that watch, because it's actually very affordable, is because it's not exactly like the one in the film, <laughs> which bothered me a little bit. Bothered you a little bit. But it's, it's good. Okay. Next question. Reset. Okay. Great actor, by the way. Yes. He's incredible. Oh, he's amazing. He's, just, he's almost as good as his dad. We, we're going to have to Google that because I think he was an interstellar, but we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is, this when we like, is this when we like roll back and there's like a... No, not today. <laughs> no. We, we saved that just for you. Yeah, you guys saved that for me. That Your was like... The, that, was, that, was the, that was the first time in uh, Rich Check history that we actually had to roll back to sure. church. Um, question number two. Um, how does James Bond like his Vespa Martini? Vesper was his girlfriend in the first Daniel Craig movie, right? Yes. And I rem- there was like there was a funny gag in that movie where where he is the first time he orders the martini and he, he adds a bunch of ingredients it. Yeah. in it. How do you tell him how, do, how does he like it? How does he finish that list? It was gin instead of vodka, I think. Um, yes. Did I okay, that's But there was a style. 20 seconds is up. So it was it was it was Stirred or not shaken the other way around, right? Yeah, shaken, not, not stirred. stirred. It was shaken, not stirred. Yes. Okay. Well, he always likes it shaken, not stirred. But yes, yes. But in that movie, he it was a he had yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's my favorite Bond movie. Oh, that that's movie an amazing is great. Movie. Casino, Casino Royale. Casino Royale, Casino Royale yeah. was so good. It was good. I enjoyed the I last think, one. Very I think Lashif. I think Lashif was probably like the best villain. Mads. Uh, He's top three. Well, also too, I did like the last villain. Blofeld is incredible. Yeah, he's the mastermind behind it all. That that's the well, best yeah, Bond well, yeah. That that There's definitely no like. Fans or bust. I need them to bring back some of the funny guys. That's I, I, I like that because Bond was kind of like a field agent. Yeah, um, he was kind of like getting started, very rough around the edges. Exactly. Um, it goes back to my conversation of him being a common man. Yes. Um, Long and, gone are the days, Sean Connery. And Lashif, it was a very believable villain because Blofeld is over the top. Yeah, sure. But Lashif, you can imagine him. You can imagine some dude uh, getting in trouble because he played with everyone else's like, money. Yeah. Everyone else's it crypto. Happens every day. You know, this is happening. Some yes. people are like crypto exchanges are going down, and some dude is probably gonna get murdered for it. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> okay. What's the next one? Last question before we get into the bonus round. Oh, there's oh, wow. a bonus round. There's a oh. bonus round. Listen, this this game is very special. Okay. Very special game. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very special game. <laughs> I'm sure that won't be the All last right, what's the it. question? Okay, so in 2019, Grand Seiko introduced what timepiece to commemorate summer in their Four Seasons collection? Oh, the Four Seasons. Great watches. 
There's the pink one. There's the winter one. The summer one. Is it the green one? It is the green one. I forgot. The reference the, numbers uh, are... Come on. What's the remember. name of it, though? You don't have to give me a reference. What's the name? Something with leaves or something like that. Bamboo. Bamboo something. Forest. Yeah. Beautiful Time's watch. Up. What's the oh, name of the Rika? The it's, called, it's called the Rika. The Rika. Oh, one. the Rika. I do have... In my mind's eye, I can see that watch. <laughs> that counts. That that watch is yeah, beautiful. Yeah, you knew what we were talking about. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. beautiful my favorite of those is the pink one. Yeah. Oh, the Shunboon. The Shunboon yeah. is good. Cherry Blossom. Shunboon is good. Love Grand Seiko. Bonus round. We, we, Perry, can we get a drum roll? <laughs> He's like... Tough. <laughs> Let's get it. What is so, it? So, bonus round. Um... I want so I'm gonna I'm gonna say a word or at least like a phrase, and then I want you to answer as fast as you can the first thing that comes to word your mind. Association. Word okay. association. All right, let me. Take so there's no wrong answer. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, no wrong, wrong answer. answer. There's no wrong answer. I the when I when I go off, you go off. You go off. There's no wrong answer as long as you don't say something to get yourself in trouble. Yes, should be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number one, Patek reference. Pilot. Okay. Uh, Speedmaster. Three to one. Okay. James Cameron. The Deep Sea. There you go. It's good. I love that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not even 15 seconds. Not even 15 seconds. Boom. Um, this was really fun. Uh, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your experience. Um, I think, you know, for me, this episode strikes a nerve because, you know, you're coming from humble beginnings and you're taking, you know, your experience to the stars and beyond. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. Um, I think there's, there's, there's some people out there who, um, love watches and you'll find them and they have cool stories to tell there's paramedics there's um there's soldiers yeah yes bring them in here man absolutely yes well that's one of the beauty uh, of the show that we discovered when we started doing interviews is that because originally it started from a place of friendship right and then it grew to our guests and it's found itself being about the people yes awesome Love it. Which is which is really awesome for us, and um, I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Yes, uh, this was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, um, and I'm getting a whole new take on timepieces through you vicariously. Thank you, uh, thank in you. Your profession. So I'm humbled. I definitely this was this was a yeah had a lot a of fun. Idea. This was awesome. I'm happy yes. to be here, guys, and um, I, I love your show. Like appreciate. I've it. listened. I think I've listened to every episode by now. Awesome. Um, <laughs> wow. I love it. Shout out to Dime Piece. Yes. Shout out. To <laughs> shout out to Dime Piece. I love her Instagram. It's so funny. It's so good. Jeje le coup. Oh, and by the way, thank you to Rafa, who was one of your guests. Yes, Rafa, who was here tonight. He had to leave early, but shouts to Rafa. Shout out to my favorite people. Yeah, yeah, awesome guy. Yeah. Shout out to all the folks that you know we love and appreciate. The guys that have been on the show, the gals that have been on the show. Um, you know, this this is a dream come true for us um, to be able to talk watches, to share our love, to share our passion, to share our knowledge um, with you know guys that do love watches and 
guys and girls that, you know, aren't familiar with watches and timepieces, um, you know, we appreciate and we love you all. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Peace. And, uh, well, not quite yet. Um, <laughs> yes. Before. Before we head out. Before you, we yes, head out. You guys know where to find us. Yes. Right? We're social media, Instagram. We're at Risk Check Pod. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TikTok for the chilling. Yes. You know, YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, and definitely. very important, if you watch our show, if you enjoy our show, please like, share, please comment, please share, and please, please subscribe. subscribe. It helps us out more than you know. Please leave us a great review on Spotify. Give us five stars. Take us to the moon. Yes. Uh, like crypto was supposed to go. Yes. Um, and we may see you in the metaverse. Oh, <laughs> you now, know now, now peace. No, wait, this. wait, wait! But we have oh. to, we have to, we have to um, leave out. So I am the host today. Sure. I am Rashawn. I'm Ben, and I'm Perry. We make a risk check pot. Peace, peace. <laughs>